Why even bother with the trade? The old woman asked. You are stronger than I thought. Much stronger. Leash or no, you could have sliced me to ribbons before I lifted a finger. Why bother letting me into your mind at all? To draw first blood in a stranger's home without giving them a chance would be... impolite. The hag cackled. Is that a Damasian rule? A personal one. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Rotarian universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's begin. Now, the first question you have to ask about Garen Crownguard, the figure we'll be talking about today, is the most simple one. Who is Garen Crownguard? Well, Garen is known as the Might of Demacia. He is essentially the figurehead of Demacia in a lot of ways. Like, when you think Demacia, you think Garen Crownguard. Like, in the setting itself, it's kind of set up that way. That he is very much the the face of Demacia to a lot of people. Um, and even outside, like, in regular gameplay and stuff like that, he is viewed as the face of Demacia in a lot of ways. And a strong representation of Demacia as a country. Now, as I said, uh, Garen is a member of the Crown Guard family, which, if you recall, the Crown Guard family are the, they're basically the Royal Guard um, noble family of Demacia. That's not to say that every member of the Crown Guard are members of the Royal Guard. There is a specific Royal Guard for the king. However, the Crown Guard family are also have a relationship with the royalty where they're also viewed as staunch allies as well as protectors of the crown, hence why they're called the Crown Guard. Now, what makes Garen a particularly important Crown Guard member is he was raised to be not just a warrior, but the best warrior as well as a perfect Damasian. He was meant to... Uh, embody Demacia as best as he could and be the greatest fighter they could ever train. It was during this uh, training period while he was learning the swordcraft and how to be a soldier that he met uh, Jarvan IV, uh, or Prince Jarvan IV as he was known. Now, there were only like 12 or so when they first met, but over time, as Garen continued to be trained and Jarvan got training himself, they became very close friends and almost brothers, like a very close brotherly bond in a lot of ways, until uh, Garen was eventually sent off to join the military fully while Jarvan went off to do kingly, like princely things. Another important figure in Garen's early childhood and early life that we have to remember is her is his sister, Luxana Crownguard, otherwise known as Lux. Now, I've kind of hinted at it before, but Lux uh, is a mage, especially a light mage, it seems. But what makes that really bad, as we all know, in Demacia, mages are heavily frowned upon. 
But since Lux is a member of the Crown Guard family, there's a lot of effort to hide the fact that she's a mage. And for a very, very long time, Garen didn't even know she was a mage. She uh, didn't learn that she was until much, much later, like possibly not until he was the leader of the Dauntless Vanguard did he find out that she was a mage. It's very unclear, but he always knew that something was a bit off about her that made him feel a little uncomfortable, and therefore the relationship has always been a bit strained. Where Garen deeply loves his sister, like he would do anything for her, potentially, uh, and Lux loves Garen in return. However, due to the in their early childhood, Garen always kind of feel like something was a little weird about his sister, uh, and possibly due to other things like maybe um, their their aunt saying things about her, uh, Aunt Titania, who is the leader of the Crown Guard family, and a bunch of other kind of details. He just knew not to... Because it was difficult for him to get too close to his sister, despite how much he does really love her. Uh, and this translates into his fear of magic, because as Gear was raised, he was raised to be a proper Demacian, which does include being terrified of magic, or at least very distrustful of magic. And for Garen, he is kind of scared of magic. Not just distrustful, but really fearful of it. Now, there are times where he's able to put his fear of magic aside to do what he believes is to a, a, high, a higher honorable thing to do, such as in the quote at the beginning of this episode uh, from an encounter he had with a hag, or they were called a hag, but there was basically a witch in the wilds. Uh, he allowed her to use magic on him because he believed it was a way to have a bloodless trade so that he could save one of his soldiers without uh, bringing harm to someone in their home because it wasn't the witch's house. And he has a whole personal thing about not doing undue harm unto someone in their home when there's another option available. Now, eventually he does kill her, but it's after she um, uh, betra basically betrays him. Uh, Renee's on the on the deal and try and steals more memories from him than than she initially said she would. It's a whole thing. Garen kills her, but he then demands his memories back. And this is important. The memories that she took, and this is really get, gets into that whole Garen Lux relationship. Were the his memories that Lux had magic, like all his memories involving Lux casting a spell or making a little light appear. The, the witch took those from him, and Garen felt better with not having that fear and anxiety just pouring through him all the time. And that's how he knew that something was wrong and that too many memories were stolen. And that's why he stabbed her. Because despite Garen's fear of magic and anxiety around his sister and the complications and complexities of that he would rather have that weight on him than it gone. Because if he has it on him, he knows it's real and that it's still his sister. Like, it's still his sister. So despite all of that, he he feels guilty if it's gone because it feels like he is reneeing on subsequent responsibility or something like that. Now, like I said, he... Garen simply just wishes to be a good Demacian. That's a very important aspect of his character. So he does his best... Uh, to follow orders, and to follow the laws of Demacia. 
This does lead to complications, though, such as with Lux. Like, a good Demacian would turn Lux over and to the Mage Seekers, and it would be a whole hubbubaloo, but that would be the proper Demacian thing. Garen never does that. He instead goes along with their Aunt Tanya's plan to keep Luxana as far away from the Mage Seekers as possible, and to make Luxa seem like a normal, noble daughter, because dishonor on the Crown Guard family over the discovery of Lux being a mage would be immense, and they're really obsessed with honor in Demacia, especially for noble families. And so Garen goes along with this whole ploy of make sure that no one ever finds that Lux is a mage, which Lux uh, doesn't feel too great about. But Garen does his best to do that, because... It's also a part of being a proper Demacian, which is protecting your family, specifically your noble family. And in this case, protecting that means hiding the fact that there's a mage in your family. Now, like I mentioned earlier, after his training in the military, after his encounter with Jarvan and then becoming friends, and after and eventually his discovery of his sister being a mage, he became the leader of the Dauntless Vanguard. Now, I've mentioned the Dauntless Vanguard before. They're essentially the elite of the elite in terms of the military in Demacia. And Garen is their leader. This is a huge point to make. Garen is like the face of Demacia because he's constantly on the front lines fighting with the Dauntless Vanguard. And Garen is considered one of, if not the greatest warrior in all of Demacia. Now, could he beat every single swords master in Demacia? Who knows? What matters is that his, he's actually tactical, he's fairly strategic, and he's a fantastic just fighter. He knows how to fight really, really well, using his sword really well, using the fact that he has anti-magic armor really well. He just knows how to fight to the best of his ability, and that allows him to be on the front lines commanding the troops in the, in the thick of it, and keep his men alive. He really cares about keeping his men alive because... And then this Vanguard, if someone dies, they have to be replaced because they have a specific number they have to always have. It's a whole thing. So not only is it a, um, a ethical thing where he wants to keep his soldiers alive as best as he can, like a moral thing. It's also kind of logistical having to replace every lost Dauntless Vanguard member in a battle afterwards is is absolute madness. It's so hard to do because you have to find other great fighters and warriors to replace them. It's a whole thing. But that really shows Garen's uh, character. He is someone who will march into the middle of a fight, swing his sword around, kill as many enemies as possible, while also trying to keep his own troops alive as best as he can. And this goes all the way back to the whole idea of being a proper Demacian. Like I said, a proper Demacian would do whatever they can to keep their fellow Demacians safe and the greater Demacia safe which includes their fellow soldiers. Now, every soldier in Demacia is willing to die for their country and all that kind of um, patriotic kind of thing. But Garen also really cares about keeping his soldiers safe because that they are fellow Demacians, so he wants to keep them safe as well. And this all feeds back into why Garen is viewed as this figurehead in terms of, um, or not really figurehead, but the face of Demacia, uh, is because he achieves all this. He is someone who is fearful of magic. He is someone who will follow the laws and rules of the land as best as he can. He's someone who will go out there and face the enemies of Demacia 
full four sword swinging, decapitating enemies wherever he goes. It is very much, he is the perfect Damasian soldier and Damasian leader. However, that is mostly on the front. Like I mentioned, he has all these uh, complicated relationships with his sister, uh, his friendship with Jarvan even caused some complications after the Mage Rebellion. It all comes back to this whole thing where this is all what everyone sees on the outside of Garen, and even what Garen believes himself to be. However, there are some deeper complications and issues that he addresses as a character, and this all goes into how he criticizes and critiques the archetypal fantasy hero. But we're going to get into that after this short break. Hi, I'm Fire Rider, and I'm the host of The Pixel People, a podcast dedicated to taking a close look at our favorite characters from our favorite video games. From major characters who define the course of a game's storyline, to smaller characters who you might have never noticed. Every week, we go beyond the quest line to examine a particular character's story arc and choices, and discover the real-world parallels and life lessons hidden just below the surface. I hope you'll join us. You can find the Pixel People on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv soldiers where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. And once again, I just want to say thank you all for just your, um, just your, just you listening to the show. I really, really do appreciate it. And whenever you leave comments and any of the Twitter posts, it really, really helps. And I really appreciate that. Um, like, there's been stuff going on in life that have caused this episode to be delayed. But, like, I just felt more encouraged to continue putting this show out. Like, hearing people say that they can't wait for the next episode. It just really gives me that drive to just keep going. As well as just my love of the property of League of Legends. So, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been encouraging and saying they can't wait for the next episode. Whenever I've had updates. Just thank you so much. It means so very much. And we'll get right back into the show. Now, what is the archetypal fantasy hero? Well, it kind of, there's different kinds, but the general archetypal fantasy hero is someone who is very good, like they are morally good, they will do the right thing, they will fight the bad guys, win the battles, protect the innocent, all that kind of stuff, and they will do it all by following the, the, the law as best they can, they, they never break the law, they don't break any rules, or if they do, it's very minor ones, like usually rule laws that are unethical or bad, unjust laws, generally speaking. But generally, they are the, they're the kind of person that just does good because that's the right thing to do. This kind of fits into the archetype of what we would call like Dungeons and Dragons, or, or in some other properties, the lawful good paladin. Now, lawful good just means that it's someone who does good while also following the laws of their culture or the land that they are in. 
they essentially they believe that you can do good only if you also follow the law, and that's it. Like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Garen is that he is kind of the lawful good paladin. Heck, he even has like paladin esque powers with his whole anti-magic armor and his whole sword being able to summon down a gigantic sword of justice from Kale herself. You know, all that kind of crazy paladin-sounding abilities, uh, at least in the fantasy setting. But Garen is deeply conflicted. He's not just going around decapitating bad guys because that is what his country says. He does it because he deeply believes it's right, but also he's questioned things. Like, like, like I mentioned in the story where he's with the witch, he doesn't kill her immediately. He instead bargains with her because he has a personal rule where he does not want to draw first blood on someone else's property. Basically, he doesn't want to hurt someone when they're in their house. He'd rather make a deal with them, bargain with them, however, to do the non-violent solution. That's very unlike a lawful good paladin or an archetypal hero. An archetypal hero, at least in fantasy, where they're very lawful good and all that, they would just go in there and, and kill and kill the evil witch. The end. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Garen didn't, though. And even in uh, his novella, Garen was sent, was hesitant to follow a, a, an order from his aunt. She is the commander of the military in a lot of ways, and she gave him an order. And he questioned it. He wasn't so sure about it. Now, eventually, he did go through with the order, and it led to a lot of things. But what's important is the reason why he questioned the order and that's because of Jarvan, his friend. He is deeply worried about Jarvan IV because after the events of the Mage Rebellion, King Jarvan III is dead. And he was seemingly killed, at least in Jarvan IV's mind, by Silas, the leader of the Mage Rebellion. And so Garen is trying to do everything he can to find Silas and bring him to justice. Not just because Silas got a lot of people killed. But because in Garen's mind, if he just finds Silas and, and brings him to justice, Jarvan won't be so hell-bent on having all the mages in Demacia killed just by being mages. He's very, scared. He's very worried that this path he sees his friend going down is leading to dark places. And that just feeds into uh, Garen's character. This is someone who is scared of magic himself. Yet even he thinks like wholesale killing all the mages in Demacia is an awful thing to do. Now, probably some of this is influenced by his relationship to his sister, and he does he would never want to see his sister hurt. But also, I think it speaks to a deeper quality in Garen, where his ideal of justice expands beyond just what Demacia says is justice. He has his own personal sense of justice. And so, while he is still mostly a, a lawful good person, where he follows the law, rules of the land, he is not afraid to question them, and he, and when he does question them, he has these internal struggles. Now, uh, a fantasy hero has a certain narrative role. A fantasy hero is meant to be the person who goes out, solves the problem, and and saves the day, essentially. They are meant to be a self-insert for a reader, to feel strong and powerful and save the day, stop the evil, bring bring all the horrors of the world to an end. 
Garen fills that in a sense where he is the fantasy hero. However, even in his novella, he wasn't a primary focus. Like, he was a, a big focus in the story. It was his story. But oftentimes, it was viewed from outside perspectives, like through Cythria or through Quinn. And only sometimes we got in, uh, introspections into Garen's uh, first-person point of view in the storytelling. And that goes back to that he is the fantasy hero, but that does not mean that he is the protagonist of League of Legends as a whole. He's probably a protagonist because he is a champion. He is an important character. So he's a protagonist in Demacia. However, he is not the focus. He is not a, the central protagonist. He is not the central character. So while being the fantasy hero, he kind of breaks the mold instead of being the narrative focus where he's the one solving all the problems. Instead, he's the fantasy hero who is trying to do those things while also not being the hero of the day. He's just doing what he thinks is right, which is very different from normal fantasy hero tropes where they go out there and they do think they're doing what they have to do to save the day, but they're going out and like stopping world-ending events because they feel driven to adventure or what have you to do that. Garen's like, no, nah, I will stay in my country, I will protect my home, and that is what I care about. So he is the fantasy hero who stays in the borders of his home. This is very different, and I really I find that very interesting. Um, and also you have to think about this with Garen. This is, and we're going to start wrapping up here, but I just want to get this across about Garen and his relationship to the heroic archetype, especially in fantasy. Garen is the archetypal hero. However, he is the archetypal hero in service to his country, but his country fails to live up to the standards he believes it should hold itself up to. Like, he thinks Demasi is his orderly, just place, and that's why he tries to make himself very orderly and just as a person. But Demacia is not that. As we've discussed, Demacia has a lot of problems with its fear of mages, its xenophobia, its isolationism, and all its other issues. And yet, Garen still serves the country thinking it, it still fulfills this idea of, uh, of good justice and bringing order to the world. And it just makes you start questioning, what is the future for Garen? Because Garen is showing the ability to question things. He's showing the ability to question orders, to question... If killing mages is right, if does, does Luxana deserve to be punished just because she's a mage? It's all these building questions that keep influencing Garen's character. And eventually, it's going to reach a tipping point. Garen is going to have to make a choice. And that choice is going to have to be, does he serve his country wholly and totally without question? Or... Does he think about his sister, basically? It all comes down to his opinion on magic and his relationship with the world. Essentially, will he let fear and anxiety and distrust allow him to be blinded to what is happening around him? Or will he let his sister, as a literal light mage, light up his eyes, like reveal things to him and cause him to decide things need to be different. He has a lot of power as the leader of the Dauntless Vanguard, 
And if he were to start speaking out against this awful atrocities being done to mages, it could lead to a lot of good. And the question is, will he do that? Will he stand up to his childhood friend who he views as a brother? Will he stand up to Jarvan? We don't know yet. I would love to see him do that. I think it would be a very powerful moment. But we'll just have to wait and see as the events of the Reckoning start wrapping up. We'll see how Garen reacts to anything involving Silas, anything involving Jarvan, and his relationship with his sister and to his country. Now, I hope after discussing the seemingly two-dimensional character, you all have come to appreciate his narrative intricacies and how he allows us to reevaluate a traditional fantasy hero. If you have any questions or thoughts, please send them in your reviews on your podcast of choice or to loreofrunterra at gmail.com. You can also now send them through the Discord channel, League of Lore, on the Robots Radio Network Discord, and they'll be answered next episode. Speaking of, on the next episode, we are finally talking about the most important narrative moment in Demacia's lore, and also the moment Demacia's true nature, as we know it now, was finally revealed. That's right, it is time to talk about the Mage Rebellion. See you all next time.